Hello and welcome to the podcast, The Pocket Stylist. I'm Lisa Tauber. I'm an award-winning personal stylist who's actually been in the business now for 17 years. I specialize in elevating professional women, entrepreneurs, and women in business with their personal brand. These podcasts are about sharing my hints and tips. And along the way, I'm super excited to welcome guests who will be sharing their star stories, their expert advice. And I'm also going to be showcasing some brands that I know you are going to love. So if you're a lady who lacks time, struggles to put an outfit together, wears the same things time and time again, and doesn't want the hassle to find something new when shopping, you will absolutely enjoy this podcast. I really hope you love the podcast, The Pocket Stylist. Go. Hello and welcome to episode 63 of the podcast, The Pocket Stylist. I'm Lisa Talbot and we're going to be covering something a little bit different today. We are going to be talking post-pregnancy style dilemmas. Um, And I'm really pleased because we're joined today by Louise. Um, Louise, hello, how are you? Tell everybody who you are and a little bit about you. Yes, so I am Louise Harris. Um, I live in Epsom, Surrey. I have three children. I have just had uh, my daughter Indy about eight weeks ago. So <gasps> I didn't know very... it was that early. Yes, I thank God for the world of mothers who love coming around for cuddles. Is all I can <laughs> say at the moment. So um, yes, and um, so that's sort of me on my personal side. But professionally, um, I run a marketing communications agency called Connected Con Society, uh, and we help uh, small and medium-sized businesses and scale-ups um, grow their business by meaningfully connecting with people Uh, and that's not just clients and customers it's also about connecting with colleagues communities networks uh, as well which is just important I think the the pandemic has actually shown us that marketing for the sole sense of selling can only get you so far and it's actually really important to build those deeper relationships internally and externally and that's ultimately uh, what we do at Connected Com Society. That's really interesting you said that, though, because and we, we digress for a second, because it's really interesting. I think you're absolutely right. From a, a business owner's perspective, it used to be, didn't it, very much about use social media, use content, use comms to tell everybody about who you are. But there was, it seems to be like there's a massive shift. People want yeah. to know more about you. Have you got family? You know, everybody's seen where everybody lives because they've been on Zoom for such a long time and, <laughs> and they're still yeah. on Zoom. So it's really interesting. I think it's it's a bit like we've nurtured businesses to then create these much deeper, stronger relationships by building. They, they talk about it, don't they? The whole like, no trust piece. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's where social media definitely has gone almost from a business perspective, a level lower to say, right, this is actually who I am as a business owner. This is a little bit about me. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I I go in and I speak to clients about is that they struggle when they waste loads of time chasing a social media trend. What are we going to whack on Instagram? What are we going to do this? But actually, they need to really think about their fundamentals first. What is it they're trying to achieve? How are they going to achieve it? And why are they going to achieve it? Because people are people first and customers second. Mm-hmm. And This might feel very pie in the sky, but I genuinely believe that you will, as a business owner, 
you have the opportunity to change someone's lives okay with you it's about how people will feel in their clothes and how they show up and that goes a lot deeper than just the material that they're wearing right yeah. but if you were I don't know you know you were manufacturing healthy snacks it's about actually how can you save mum's time and what does that mean for them and and you can really help people think about attaining their hopes and dreams and so I think when business owners really think about their business from that level and go right how do we really help people that has the opportunity to change lives right you don't have to think about numbers and I think that's what social media has an effect done it's looked at how many followers how many likes it's turned people into numbers rather than actual people and what what we do as I said is I like to connect the dots so I always believe that it has to be more than marketing right you don't just say something and it's going to resonate it's And my background is working in big corporates in marketing and communications. I worked for Unilever and ASOS, and it was amazing. It was such an amazing experience for me. Um, But what I've learned from that and bring it in into sort of that smaller side of things is you have to really connect the dots between what you do internally and what you do externally. And you grow from the inside out. And because I probably work in, in communications and done a bit of PR and worked with journalists, I can be a bit cynical in some senses, but you really have to lift the lid on your own services and what you do as a business. You can't turn around and tell people, this is what we do. What We help busy mums, we service them. But then internally, you don't have a family-friendly policy and you really work your employees really hard. You need to have extra space to, you know, to do the school run and do all of these other great things. So it really is, like we've called it, Connected Com Society. It really is about connecting those dots. It's just so important to do yeah. that. And see, now this conversation could go in a completely different way <laughs> than what we were speaking about, because this is, I love talking this kind of thing. But the reason you and I connected was because... Um, I wanted to talk to you about post-pregnancy because I think it came up in a, in a Facebook group and I was yeah. like, oh, I really want to talk to this lady. Because <laughs> so obviously you have juggled your career in your business with your two, you've got two boys and a girl, yeah? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously Indy, your latest addition to your family, little girl is eight weeks. And it's really interesting because, you know, we can, when we when we have children, things change. And it's really interesting. It's I always say to all my clients, you will you go through a journey in life, whether mm-hmm. you're getting married, whether you're going to your first job, whether you're just starting university, whether you suddenly when you become a mum, all that type of thing. And your clothes evolve with you. They don't you don't just change style, you don't change style personality, but you will adapt your wardrobe and your your style and how you feel comfortable as life goes on. And I think, Absolutely. you know, no, for you, um, we talked about, didn't we, initially before we, we pressed record on this podcast, it, a lot about is about a C-section as well, because mm-hmm. more ladies have had C-sections yeah. and actually then it's about going, my goodness, you know, what do I wear? Because it, there's things that aren't as comfortable anymore, are they? Absolutely. I mean, I was in a position where I had an emergency C-section with my eldest Rory. And then after that, it was advised that I had C-sections with my following two. And so in that sense, just now I've had experience of having of having C-sections before. But what's what's it was extremely painful and the medal. Yeah, I know. Although the third time around, I have to say it was it was really painful that third time around. But what I remembered 
bringing into this is actually thinking that area at right at the bottom of your sort of stomach mm-hmm. area is really sore and it's really sore for a long time. And it, it, it might feel better, but it doesn't feel better enough to have those low hanging genes. But it yes. just, you know, it won't, for me anyway, it won't stand that for at mm-hmm. least a few months. And that's got nothing to do with your size fluctuating or not. It's that pressure and the button and all yep. of the rest of it, it just won't go there. So what, for me, what I had to do and what I had to think about is think, okay, well, in that transition, which could be three to six sort of months, realistically, because it can feel tingly as well. What am I going to wear that won't have that, that pressure? Mm on there and I, um, and I think it's really interesting because the, the, the first thing that, that ladies can do and I had a section too because of my twins so I had a c-section too but um, the, the first thing I would say to anybody is get some really nice comfortable high-waisted knickers because yes. do you know what that that first of all is going to create a, a layer a layer over the scar, which suddenly it is a bit like a padding. So you've already created one layer. And then luckily at the moment, there is so much high-waisted, whether it's high-waisted uh, tiered skirts, high-waisted trousers, high-waisted jeans, high-waisted um, you know, other types of shorts, things like that. The thing to think about is the fabric that you use. So if you are a lover of you know denim shorts, you're definitely going to be better to get a short that's got a mixture of polyester cotton and elastane because it's going to be soft if you go for some and same goes for jeans and trousers if you go Mm. for anything that is a rigid cotton it will not move it won't move it it won't bend it won't flex it won't move with your body so therefore it's harder sorry i you you and i filled the space no, I was just going to say, and what, what really resonates with what you just said about that lack of movement, when you have young children and you're moved, you are constantly moving, you know, let's be honest, like, well, I was going to say, Indies is a dream compared to my boys, but you know, you're only sleeping for a couple of hours a time and you're up and out of bed and you're moving about and you're going forward and you're burping. And then if you've got other kids, they're jumping all over you. It's just so important yeah. that you have that movement without feeling obstructed at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's even slightly different in the summer because obviously this, like for you, coming into the summer months, there are so many lovely dresses that you mm-hmm. can wear that don't have a fixed waistband. So yes. you, they, they still create shape through the torso. So you'll still get that shape, but it won't cling through the waistband and therefore your people will find like the t-shirt dresses they'll find that you know the longer maxi dresses or the midi dresses like a cotton or like a a, a, a maybe even like a jersey they're going to be really comfortable because they don't give you any fixed waistband around the waist or even even lower and I think the other positive thing with with those dresses as well which I think we're really lucky with is that, is that it's in an abundance because of yeah. the trend is that well, I don't know about others, but my hormones are all going all over the shop, which basically means that I'm hot and pretty sweaty <laughs> all of the time. Yeah. And so having that flow and that airflow has actually been really important for me as well, because, mm-hmm. yeah, as I said, it's it's really important in the during the day nights, because, as I said, it's summer, so it's super hot. It's interesting because you said about your hormones and if you think about it, you've got the hormones from the post-pregnancy. You've got other ladies who are menopausal that have got the same heat perspective going on. So the mm. dresses work really well. So I, I would say to anybody, if, if you've just had a baby and you are have had a C-section, definitely go for like the high-waisted soft knickers, you know, even go for some that don't have a seam on them, you know, go seamless. Yes. 
they're, they're nice as well because you haven't got that added pressure on, on your tummy, let alone anywhere near your scar. And I actually, um, I thought I had enough, uh, but I didn't. And so I went to a supermarket and the choice of mm. full brief knickers was massive. Um, and I went for the seamless ones. And yeah, you can pick them up super, super easily. As yeah, well. and, they, and they don't break the bank, but they're really comfortable. And then, mm. you know, things like anything high-waisted with an elastane in it is going to work. And definitely the, the dresses that are out this season, because there's so many kind of weight, non-waisted dresses that it's just going to be so, so comfortable. So that there's a few kind of ideas for people as well, because it's all about being comfortable. Because like you said, especially if you've got other children, you might still be doing a school run. You might, yeah. like you, you're still working. So you might yeah. be doing a drop off at the childminder and then, and then on to work or things like that. So you've got to, got to be flexible and, and have a bit of comfortability as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that's really important is knowing what your day is going to look like. Mm-hmm. So I have basically lived in high-waisted shorts and dresses and longer dresses as well because I am picking up a two-year-old and whacking them on the hip and doing this and sorting out a bag and grabbing something out of the back of the car. So therefore, I couldn't wear anything that was relatively short uh, as well. So no, really, really important to think about what your day looks like and therefore not just comfort, but what is practical. Yeah, yeah. Did you find, I don't know if if you breastfed this, your, your daughter... But did you then find that with breastfeeding, it again, it threw another curveball into the whole of what do I wear now? So huge. So I wasn't able to breastfeed my two boys for a number of different reasons. And so, but I do want to try it. I have absolutely uh, no judgment or no inkling of what, what's better or any preference, but I thought I want to try it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, I it didn't work with the boys. I'll just carry on. Um, And so therefore I was at this stage before I had the baby, which is looking at my wardrobe thinking, well, if I breastfeed, I need buttons or I need special tops. But then after a couple of weeks, if it hasn't worked, then I don't need that. And I just want to have like t-shirt tops because actually my style isn't to wear those sort of button down Mm -hmm. tops or lots of cardigans. And so I didn't necessarily get much. Actually, that is a lie. I did because I was really enjoying shopping for myself at that period of time. <laughs> so I did get a few bits that was a bit of both. But what I've got now is I've got these abundance of tops. Some of them have got the button down and some of them you don't necessarily need to. And I think that is a bit of a dilemma for any mum mm-hmm. coming into, okay, I need to make sure I'm stockpiling different types of tops because I, you're not fully sure what's going to happen yeah yeah um, but it's it's really interesting i'm going to pick you up on something you said actually because you said about the button tops right so you're looking at a shirt or something like that and you said it's not really something i'd have worn and that's no. really and that's the bit i was going to pick you up on because from my perspective it's very much about dressing as to who we are right our style personalities and what's really interesting my you know people that have heard me chat before i've always said it's about how you feel right how do you feel in your clothes and i only ever want you to feel amazing i don't want you to catch yourself in the mirror or a shop window and think oh god really i don't you know i don't like what the like the reflection that's looking back at me and interesting, sometimes that can happen when you're wearing something that isn't normally your style. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, like, obviously, the buttons work brilliantly if you're breastfeeding. Yeah. But if they're not really your personality, because it maybe creates too, too much formality than what you're used to or that you don't require, yeah. it then throws a complete curveball. Because then at you, you, you wear this top because it's brilliant for breastfeeding. 
but actually it's not really your style. So again, my recommendation would be don't buy things that you know that you're never going to wear again. It's yeah. about then saying, a bit like you said earlier, plan what you need. So hang on, if, if you've got a business meeting and you know that you're going on the train and you're taking your baby with you, because some people do, yeah. work out the best kind of top that even you could breastfeed on the train, you know, that type of thing. But then also if you're, I don't know, going out for a meal in the evening, make sure that actually you could still wear that top again. So you get this flexibility, but yeah. I would say massively don't ever wear something that you don't feel is you because you will never feel comfortable. No, I, I completely agree with that. And I definitely think that I've fallen foul of buying things I will probably only wear for a few months because it will be when I'm breast, well, until I'm at the end of that breastfeeding journey or, or actually when I'm more comfortable yeah. with breastfeeding in public where I don't feel like I have to politely just get a boob out that I can just go, oh, I don't care, you know, do all of the rest of it because yeah. I haven't had that experience before, you know, with, with the boys. So I definitely, I think that's good advice because as I said, I've probably wasted quite a bit of money knowing that after that initial stage mm-hmm. is over, I'm likely not to wear it again. Yeah. And it, again, you know, at the moment, everybody's very conscious about what they spend. They're very mm. conscious about what they spend and where they apportion their money and that type of thing. So that's why I would say, you know, for, for something so small a, as a timeline, yes. only having things that you know that are going to do that job for, I don't know, three months, six months, however long you're, you're planning on breastfeeding, you don't necessarily want to invest a lot of those items into your wardrobe. But if you know that, oh, actually, yeah, I really like that motive T-shirt that's, I don't know, an H&M, then if I buy that now, I could wear that now. But do you know what? In the summer, I could put it under a blazer and wear it, you know, with a pair of linen trousers. That's the mindset of going, actually, so then it's worth paying whatever you pay for a T-shirt or whatever. But, But to have... It's like anything, you know, I always say to people, if you've got um, something that you know you, so if you think of a wardrobe and you've got, I don't know, an element that's your work, an element that's your casual, but they all link together, you can move freely. Having just a proportion of clothes that is only for breastfeeding just limits you down. Then you're always going to feel like you're always wearing the same thing over and over and over again. Whereas if you create a little bit of flexibility, you've got this wonderful wardrobe that is going to work that doesn't break the bank. Does that, does that kind of make sense? Absolutely. It feels like Lisa, you've already looked into my wardrobe. (laughs) (laughs) You were giggling then actually. And I'm thinking, I think she can relate to this. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I actually um, did a bit of, I think it was, it was, um, more of a therapeutic exercise I, I did with uh, with somebody recently, and they were talking more about negative experiences. Yeah, um, yeah. They, they actually idealed it with a wardrobe. If there's yeah. something that you don't really like, and that was one negative experience, but you have a wardrobe full of clothes that you absolutely love, but you have this one thing that you don't love, every time you pick open that wardrobe, all you can see is, is that, that one, one thing, thing you don't like. Yeah. And I'm so as you mentioned that, I was like, do you know what? If I I just think. That is so true because every time I look into my wardrobe, I always think, oh, yeah, look at that stuff. You know, I don't think of all the other glorious clothes that I've got in there and, and, like, yeah, and yeah. how I'm going to put it all together. 
Yeah, and that's, and that's really interesting. So I, I am a massive believer, right, that anything, you must only have stuff in your wardrobe you love. And yes, we fully understand that after pregnancy and maybe, you know, during some pregnancy, there is a transition that you may need additional clothes or a larger size or things like that, because that, that's just the, the process of the nine months, isn't it? But yeah. when that kind of nine months has come to an end and you've still got, and you've got this wonderful baby, yes, there's still going to be a transition time whilst you, you get back into your normal way or you are losing weight or whatever you're doing or whether you're staying where you are, it doesn't matter. It's about having things in your wardrobe that work. And you are so right. The lady or gentleman that you worked with is right. Because if you have something in your wardrobe that doesn't fill you with joy, it creates a negative mindset. So it's a bit like ladies who say, oh, I've, uh, I've gained weight for example, because of the pandemic, we all knew everybody put on a few pounds. Um, But I'm going to keep all that stuff in there that I might get into one day. And I say to don't do it, take it out your wardrobe, you don't have to put it, um, take it to charity or give it to another, you know, pay it forward or whatever. But take it out, fold it up, put it underneath the bed, just get rid of it out that wardrobe, only look at what you know, you're going to wear for that period of time. Because There's your positive mindset. You're absolutely right where you say, because otherwise you go to that one thing and don't you and think, I'd really like to wear that, but I can't right now. Or I'd really like to wear that, but actually I don't like it. Do you know what I mean? And that's, it's so, so true. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So I think what we're going to do today, aren't we? We're going to cover, we're going to do part two because we've done... I was about to say to you that is fueling lots of other discussions in my head because um, like you said, in terms of having your wardrobe of things that you like, um, I, in my wardrobe at the moment, I have pre-children clothes. So I have had three children. So think yeah. how long that is because I'm one of those people that you say, you know, if you can't fit into your clothes or I'm a, well, I might fit into that one day, but you know, realistically I won't. I have clothes that I was wearing between sort of child two and child three. I have pregnancy clothes in there thinking, well, I don't know when I'm going to go back to my normal size. I've got clothes that are probably more geared towards breastfeeding. And then I just have a few sort of normal clothes. So that's sort of five different buckets of clothes. Mm-hmm. So as you can imagine, my wardrobe is absolutely full. So um, oh, we definitely need to talk more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think what would be lovely, though, so we've covered like today, and we've done it all a bit like a part one, haven't we? If we yeah. do part one today, which is about the C-section, and we do a little bit about the, the breastfeeding. Yeah. And then I think it would be lovely to cover in a couple of weeks, part two, maybe of what to wear after per- yeah. uh, pregnancy. Because I think, again, ladies, they're so... I need to wear this. I need to get back into this. Whereas actually, no, 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 no. You just need to feel great. That's the full stop, you know? So I think we should cover that. And what else do you think? I think it would be lovely to cover the the post-pregnancy, maybe for the first six months after having a baby, because that's so important. Because I I remember with my twins, the bags used to come under my eyes. And and literally, I didn't think about what I was wearing. It was just about what's comfortable, what can I wear? I'm rushing to a toddler group and make sure I don't lose one of them. Yeah, it definitely is. What can I sling on the quickest? Because I've got a crying baby who needs feeding and I need to go to a baby class. No, I completely agree. I think the other thing that I I struggle with, which I definitely think is a dilemma, is just a sense of style in terms of my sense of style before I had children and how that sense of style has evolved. And this sort of idea of feeling like, 
I don't want to dress like a mum, but what does that mean? But how do I want to dress now after having three children? I mean, sometimes I don't even feel like I'm a grown up, but I'm a mother of three children. I have to keep reminding myself (laughs) that. But what does that mean for your sense of style? But should it mean anything? So I'd be really interested to to find out what you think about that as well. It's really interesting, isn't it, when you say that? Because, you know, I am older than you. I know I am, right? But I look at myself and think, oh, my goodness, I'm a mother of... My twins are 18. So my twins are 18 and my oldest is 33. So it's like this this gap. But, you know, I look at them and think, oh, yeah, maybe I am older now because they're 18. (laughs) Um, So let's do that. Let's... I'd love everyone who's listened to the podcast today just to absorb some of the facts we've you know, spoken about. Yeah. And then you and I will record again for a couple of weeks time. Um, okay. Because I think those topics, again, are really, really important. And then I can almost see, and now my brain's ticking away, right? Now I'm thinking <laughs> about, oh, back to work after a baby. Do you know what I mean? Oh, because yeah. again, that's another another ballpark even whether you're working from home or you work you know in a in a retail or you work in a doctor's surgery it's all that then what to wear and then but I also think with that has a lot of emotion attached to it because Mm -hmm. I also think it it, it depends on how you feel about going back to work some people might be feeling really positive and enjoy the experience of going I want to go shopping for some new work clothes but other people who aren't thinking so positively about going back to work might have a difference of opinion so Mm -hmm. yes yeah, I can ab- where your mind's going. Absolutely. Right. So listen, That's everybody, that. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Part one with Louise and myself. Um, oh. Part two coming in a couple of weeks time. So come back and join us for that. But for now, Louise, thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having finish. me. In the show notes are all the details about Louise and where you can find her and her wonderful business. Um, but for now, we are going to say goodbye and we will now. catch up. Yeah, just for now. Um, <laughs> thank you everyone for listening and we will see you both of us in a couple of weeks time thanks louise have a great day thank you so much for listening to my podcast the pocket stylist i really hope you enjoyed this episode if you'd like to know more about working with me then why not book a discovery call with me via my website lisatalbert.co.uk and i look forward to welcoming you back next week bye-bye